Hello, hello. Welcome to Ask Floss. Questions, dilemmas, shitty advice, maybe advice that's helped you. I hope so. Thank you so much for being here anyway. You've been my absolute faves. I'm having a blast and I hope that you enjoy listening to these two. Please keep your questions coming. We've got loads to get through today. So let's get started with your first question. How can I truly accept my fat body in a society where I'm obviously supposed to hate it? So I can never talk from that experience because I'm not a fat person, but I would highly recommend following on Instagram at your fat friend. They are incredible. I've forgotten. I think it's Aubrey. I think that their name might be Aubrey. I just know that their handle is at your fat friend. I fucking love their content. They have changed my perspective on a lot of things as well. And also check out Beauty Redefined. They are incredible. They talk a lot about how to use your body as an instrument, not an ornament, not something to be looked at. I think that that philosophy has definitely changed my life too. And reading Beauty Myth is fucking incredible. But also I'm just, I know I can't speak on this experience, but I'm just sending you so much fucking love as someone who's also experienced body dysmorphia, any kind of body image issue. It's all right, cunt, and it's not something nice to deal with or handle. Okay, on to the next question. My girlfriend and I are both very femme and so aren't taken seriously. Do you have any tips? Okay, I've definitely had this this experience before. People not taking me seriously when I'm with a woman because we're just, they think you're just pretty girlies who are having fun and you just want to skip around and kiss each other and that you're just, you're not in love or that you just think it's some kind of like extension of a friendship. It's the most frustrating thing ever. Unfortunately, it's out of your control. So in terms of not being taken seriously, do not defend it. So do not defend how you feel about this to other people. Just carry on just fucking carry on in your relationship or dating this person, whatever. Just carry on and people will get it eventually. And if they don't, who gives a fuck? But you do not need to defend yourself ever to anyone. Okay, on to the next question. How can I have a conversation with a man about his behaviours and how they are harmful First of all, you need to weigh up whether it's safe to. You need to weigh up whether it's safe to have a confrontation in person, on the phone, on email, whether you want someone there with you. I wouldn't do the whole texting someone saying, we need to talk thing. I think you'll you'll send someone into a nervous panic. I don't know your relationship with this person, how harmful these behaviours are. You know, is this someone abusing you, sexually assaulting you, or is this someone who isn't doing their share of house chores and it's causing you stress? there's so many different ways to handle the situation I definitely would need more context to give you some better advice on this but definitely assess the situation and see whether it would be better to have someone sit with you on this chat but you can do this you can confront this person I've also read a really good book on confrontation I fuck I can't remember what it's called I think it's just called the power of confrontation give it a read it's amazing okay on to the next question what is your vision of healthy masculinity my vision of healthy masculinity is one that just doesn't seek to dominate Anything, a conversation, a woman, a body, a country, the world, a healthy version of masculinity. I find this question so tricky because also what is masculinity? What are typically masculine traits and what are the ones that we've been taught to believe and think of men that are cages for them, that are cages for women because it doesn't allow us to express these traits because they're just for men? I don't know, I guess a healthy, just a healthy version of masculinity to me or a healthy version of manhood would be one that's blended entirely, like a beautiful concoction of masculine and feminine traits that just work divinely together and just kind of weave this 
gorgeous web of existence that we can all dip in and out of. I think it'd be nice if everyone was allowed, gave themselves permission and if society and the people and the culture around us gave everyone that permission to be whoever the fuck they want to be and honour those traits and not view things in such a binary way. We also do this with like queer dating. It's like, are you a top or a bomb? Are you a mask or a femme? And we're just like imposing. It's funny and it, it helps people understand their position within queerness and stuff. And it can also impose restrictions on who you can and can't date. And I think it can be quite limiting sometimes. Okay, on to the next question. How can you manage the fear of uncertainty? You can't. I don't think you can. I think you just have to do the things anyway. And there are, of course, so many practices that you can have, like grounding yourself with meditation and sometimes having something to just ground you, like having a little a thing on your wall that reminds you to breathe, having a tattoo, having a ring on your foot, whatever it is. Sometimes people just need something to look at that reminds them to breathe and take a deep breath because uncertainty is always going to be fearful, but it's also where the life of your dreams exists in leaping the fuck into it. So I would also run straight towards it also. Okay, on to the next question. Is it normal to feel lost at 21 with no job prospects, working in retail and no close friends? Of course, it's absolutely normal. I get this question a lot. You just, I, uh, I actually think I answered a very similar question to this recently on my episode with Martha Beck. And she spoke to um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And her advice was just to pull on the metaphorical thread of what makes you happy. So let's say you, you find that you're constantly drawn to flowers. And, you know, you're saying you've got no job prospects and no kind of inspiration. Let's say you love something like flowers. You might want to start gathering flowers, collect them in your home. You might want to start making bouquets for fun. You might start to realise that your friends love the bouquets you're making. And then you realise, oh, people like the things I'm making. Maybe one day I could open a florist. That's just an example. But just this kind of pull or desire you have to something that makes you really happy you can just kind of go with that. No one is born with this. Some people are. Some people really know what they want to do from a young age. I kind of just knew I loved women and wanted to make art about them and then started to unravel that career by just drawing them. And then it just went on and on and on and on and on. I decided to write a book about it and then do a podcast where I get to talk to women and I get to talk about what we're going through and help other women through these conversations. I also want to connect women. I would like to open a space one day where I get to introduce women to each other. There are so many things that I just pulled on that, on that one thread of my fascination with women and my drawings of them. So sometimes you don't need to know what you want to do. You just got to pull on that thread and eventually it will reveal to you a whole life you could have never dreamed of but it's totally normal to not know what the fuck you're doing because if you don't know what the fuck you're doing you also don't know the kind of people you want to hang around with it's all very normal and I understand it can be very isolating my number one tip would just to be to frequent places that you love and enjoy okay on to the next question I saw my ex with his new girlfriend and it got me grieving our relationship all over again because I realized someone I was so close to for so long is out of my life how do I process this? Can one keep an ex in their life? I would say for you, not right now, because you're still grieving the relationship. It really hurt you to see him move on. Perhaps sometime in the future you could be in each other's lives or maybe by that time you wouldn't even care about having him in your life because you're so over it and realise that it was just a way for you to maintain connection with someone that you went over. So I would definitely allow some time to process everything before you even think about a relationship. I'm sending so much love to you. I can't imagine how fucking tough that is if you're still in love with the person. Okay, on to the next question. When are you coming to Australia? The day that happens, I will die of happiness. I will die of fucking happiness too. 
It's so fucking sunny in Australia. Everyone tells me to move there just because I'm obsessed with the sun and London is so miserable most of the time. But is my love for the sun, which it is, it is just my pure love for the sun. But also if because of its absence in the UK, when it does come, I appreciate it that much more. Like my day is just fucking golden when it's sunny. So yeah. But anyway, back to Australia. I'm not sure when I'm going to be coming and I will keep you all updated. Okay, on to the next question. I came up to my boyfriend and he says he's okay with it, but hasn't said anything else. Help. I assume that you were looking for some kind of validation or some kind of support or follow-up questions. I love a follow-up question. If I confide in someone with something and they don't ask a follow-up question about it, I definitely do feel a bit deflated about what I've just shared with them, especially if it's very vulnerable. You could bring it up to him that you would like to talk about it more or ask him if he has any questions. Sending you so much love because I know that coming up to someone you're close to is really challenging. Yeah, sending you so much love. You can do this. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold and breathe? You get into ice water, and instead of, like, freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death! Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. Okay, on to the next question. How can I build up the courage to stand up to boys who chat shit about women in front of me? Okay, so on building up the courage, I think what you're afraid of doing is breaking the status quo. So you have this fear around how how you will be perceived for saying it. I've literally been in a room full of men who were chatting shit, saying awful things, and I physically stood up for myself. I literally stood up. Everyone sat down. I stood up and I said some things and they all laughed at me. 
And I didn't care because what meant more to me was um, standing in my integrity, knowing that I was doing the right thing. There is nothing, no greater feeling than not suppressing that feeling. It's probably eating you alive, isn't it? So give it a go. Give standing in your integrity a go. See how it makes you feel. And honouring that, I promise you, you'll feel so much better. And you might have them look at you in a different way. But that's kind of the price you pay for standing up for yourself and standing up for other people, standing up for other women. And in the long run, you'll realise you never actually wanted to be friends with people like that in the first place. Okay, on to the next question. How can you ultimately tell if you should still be in a relationship with someone? If it's still adding value to your life, if it's still making you happy, if it's still bringing you joy, um, if you feel like you're better off in the relationship rather than being single, um, if this person is a gorgeous, wonderful support system and if you are that for the other person, um, yeah, you don't have to stay, anything that, stay in anything that you don't want to. Um, and yes, relationships can be challenging, but it should not be making you suffer. Like, yes, relationships will be hard, but they will hard in the sense that there is maybe some stuff to work through, but not making you suffer. You should not be suffering in your relationship. Okay, on to the next question. How to balance alone time and seeing people in a healthy way? Your version of in a healthy way um, is whatever the fuck you want it to be. You might hate going out. You might hate going to parties and that's okay. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Um, I think sometimes we can lie to ourselves about wanting human connection. It can be a defense mechanism because we're afraid of getting hurt. We're afraid of getting connection with someone and we have abandonment issues. We're afraid of leaving. Blah, 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 blah. But you can figure out all of that stuff in your own time. You're in no pressure to rush out and hang out with people just because you feel like it's what you need to do. Like you don't need to do anything. You can stay in. Or you can also go out and then realise you want to go home early. You're allowed to change your mind. Okay, on to the next question. Advice for a breakup where they ended it because of their mental health. Can we still be friends? Sometimes people say, let's still be friends just for the sake of it, uh, to not make the other person feel bad. So... Do you want to be friends with this person? Um, it, does this person need to take time away from the relationship, from you, from everything, from everyone? Definitely you're allowed to have a conversation with this person about it. Um, but don't put any pressure on it if it doesn't feel natural to stay friends with someone or if they're, or if they're still feelings there. I don't think I could be friends with the next immediately in that way if the relationship ended on 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 their terms like if, if I was really deeply in love with someone and they said I'm sorry I can't do this anymore because of my mental health there's no fucking way in how I could be friends with them not out of like an ego reason but out of a healing reason I would need to not see them for a very long time to just heal from that that's me personally though on to the next question how do you overcome procrastination oh, turning your phone off and putting it in another room like my phone is the biggest thing that distracts me or like Pinterest, I'll just be scrolling on Pinterest on my laptop when I'm supposed to be doing something else. That's probably my biggest procrastination thing. So maybe just turning your internet off altogether and also putting do not disturb on on your phone. That's a big one for me. Okay, next question. Where can I get leopard print cups like yours? They sell them online. My mum got one for me. If you just Google leopard print teacup, they come up. Okay, on to the next question. Advice on beginning to talk to women after a five-year relationship with a man. Realise that it's going to be 
not as different as you thought it was. Um, you're just going to, the, the response you receive with your flirting is just going to be different. So relationships and dating with women, it is different to men because, you know, there's more emotional sensitivity, more emotional intelligence there. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be used for good. I've definitely dated women where their emotional intelligence caused some problems in dating or people can use it in a really manipulative way. Don't go into dating women thinking that it's going to be like a blissful stream of romance and gorgeousness and wonderfulness. It's not always the way so kind of just go into it with no expectations at all I realize you can have the time of your fucking life if you want a tip on talking to women just be your fucking self and don't try and be anything you're not please number one tip okay on to the next question what are your writing tips write every day write every day even if it's just about your life in your diary and Try to find a space where there are no distractions. I personally love writing in cafes with my headphones on so I can be in a space outside of my home, but also be in my own little world where no one in the cafe can distract me. Because sometimes being in a cafe, I can literally split myself in two and act as a voyeur to what I'm writing. I'm like, oh, how do I look while I'm writing? No, I need to be in my own little zone. I don't want to be thinking about how I'm looking while I'm writing. Okay, on to the next question. What is your favourite song at the moment? Um, let me go onto my Spotify. Okay, a song I'm listening to at the moment is called Anxiety's Door by Merchandise. It randomly came up, I shuffled my liked songs and it's a song I listened to actually when I first moved to London. It's very like indie boy vibes. Like if you if you know the band Ice Age, it's very that era. I don't really know how to describe it, but that's the kind of vibe it is. Uh, and I really fucking love it and I'm just listening to it a lot at the moment I don't even know when it came out I think it's some tiny band that have not released a lot of music or something for a very long time either that or I'm just not paying attention to them and they're doing lots of stuff now I have no fucking clue but it's called Anxiety Store by Merchandise and it makes me feel so many things because it was the song I listened to when I first moved to London okay on to the next question Okay, here we go. Are you having a good week so far? Absolutely fucking phenomenal week. I've set lots of boundaries. I've made some plans for the future and I'm really excited about acting on them. That's how I feel. Gorgeous. Okay, on to the next question. How to stay motivated in the job I hate while my colleagues are bitchy as fuck while working for the creative job I dream of? Is there a way that you could work from home with this job? I know it's a very obvious question and you probably would do that if you could. But if there are opportunities for you to work from home with this job or work from cafes, I definitely recommend doing that. You said it's a creative job, so perhaps it's possible. Tune into yourself and tune out of their world. Earphones earphones, headphones, whatever, set that boundary, let them chat shit. Put your headphones on and just be like, right, I'm, I'm doing work now. Put your headphones on, whatever you've got to do. And let them chat shit about you putting headphones on. It's literally like high school in these situations. You just got to do what you got to do and let them chat shit. I used to try and imagine a bubble around me in those situations so that their energy wouldn't wear off on me and wouldn't affect my day. 
So try that. Okay, on to the next question. How did you decide to drop out of uni? I actually did a stupid little poll on my Instagram where I was asking people, should I drop out of uni? Yes or no? 94% of people said yeah, no. 94% of people were like, just stick it out, stick out your degree. You've invested a lot of time into it. But I still left. So thanks to the 6% of people who were rooting for me, you were all right. It was the absolute best thing I could have done. I already knew that I wanted to do it. I think I was just looking for, again, the peer validation of people telling me, your decision is right. Like we all want to be supported in our decisions, you know, but obviously that little rebel spirit inside my head was like, no, we're fucking doing this anyway. And I'm so glad I did because I wouldn't be sat here doing this if I'd stayed in uni, doing something that was absorbing so much of my time when all of my energy was just yearning and screaming at me to make art outside of uni. I felt like I got what I needed from it. And you know, my experience of uni it was great. It gave me projects to work on and work towards, which I really liked. But ultimately, I felt, for me, it felt like a waste because I was just going in to, like, be shown a presentation and then go home and do all the work. You know, uni was like two hours a week for me. And then you go home and do all the work. I just didn't understand why I couldn't do it myself, so I did it myself. Okay, on to the next question. Tips on setting... Oh. But also that was a creative career. So like, that was a creative career. If you want to be a fucking doctor, you know, you can't just quit uni. But this is in terms of creative stuff, obviously. Okay, on to the next question. Tips on setting boundaries with my housemates. I really don't want to rock the boat. The boat will have to be rocked a little bit. But you're just going to steer it in a direction that's better for everyone, you know? You're not going to make it... You could actually prevent it from crashing. You could prevent the ship from fucking crashing into a massive fucking boulder or the land by steering it and rocking it a little bit. You've got to tell people how you feel. Um, otherwise, it'll just seep out in other ways. What you're not saying, you will show in your behaviour for sure. So you can do this. You can fucking do this. You can say what you feel. Thank you so much for sending in your questions it really does mean so much that you're all here same time same place next week love you bye